So check this out. Bright Hire just launched this amazing AI sidekick called Bright Hire Plan. It's like having your very own AI assistant that can build full interview plans in just minutes. Imagine going from a job title to a thoughtfully crafted, inclusive job description and a full structured interview plan in minutes. No, not hours anymore. It's a game changer for recruiters and hiring managers. I know I'm usually the one to hate on new tech, but honestly, this sounds incredible. This is AI used right for better quality and more efficiency. It's like the holy grail of recruiting. Dozens of companies from high growth startups to multi-billion dollar enterprises are already using Bright Hire Plan to save tons of money, time, and raise the quality of their hiring. And here's the best part. You can give Bright Hire Plan a spin for free. That's right, for free for 30 days. Just head over to brighthire.com to get started. That's brighthire.com to get started. Cheeseman out. Tauru is focused on predicting, optimizing, and delivering talent directly to your email or ATS. So it's totally data-driven talent attraction, which means the Tauru platform enables recruiters to reach the right talent at the right time and at the right price. Guess what the best part is? <laughs> let me uh, let me take a shot here. You only pay for the candidates Tauru delivers. Holy shit. Okay, so you've heard this before. So if you're out there listening in podcast land and you are attracting the wrong candidates, and we know you are, Mm -hmm. or you feel like you're in a recruiting hamster wheel and there's just nowhere to go, right? You can go to talru.com slash attract. Again, that's talru.com slash attract and learn how Talru can get you better candidates for less cash. Or just go to chadcheese.com and click on the Talru logo. I'm all about the simple. You are a simple man. Ye be poo without Talru. Like Shark Tank? Then you'll love Firing Squad. Chad Soash and Joel Cheeseman are here to put the recruiting industry's bravest, ballsiest, and baddest startups through the gauntlet to see if they've got what it takes to make it out alive. Dig a foxhole and duck for cover, kids. The Chad and Cheese podcast is taking it to a whole other level. Oh, yeah. I've I've got an itchy trigger finger today, Chad. We haven't done firing squad in a while, so I'm pretty pumped today. And I've had about eight glasses. Sorry, eight cups of coffee. Glasses would be too bougie for me. You are pretty bougie. <laughs> That's true. All right. Today, we are uh, honored to welcome Sammy Davis Jr., also known as Sam Davies, the CEO of... Real links. Sam, straight out of the UK, man. Welcome to Firing Squad. Thanks a lot, guys. Pleased to be here. <laughs> Pleased to have you here. It's Friday in London. It's almost happy oh, yeah. hour. Are you are you are you in a pub right now? The rest of my team are. I'm just uh, I'm here <laughs> with you guys instead. <laughs> you said them, you're like, get the, get the fuck out of the office. I've got to do this thing. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. nice moral nice moral support hey boss we're going down to the pub good luck exactly <laughs> jesus christ well, well uh sam give us a little bit about you and then chad will read you the rules we'll get to the 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 company um but we want to learn a little bit about you because no one knows who the hell you are yeah no that's fair <laughs> so yeah so um a bit of background on me uh 
I went into uh, recruitment immediately after university, uh, lasted about six months being a recruitment consultant, randomly doing early years assessors in the north of England. Don't ask what that is. Then decided <laughs> to kill my, kill my soul a little bit more and go into corporate law. Oh, uh, shit. Which... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was hell, boys. It was. <laughs> but, um, but actually, I got referred from uh, one law firm to another law firm. And uh, it was that which prompted me to think, actually, uh, the reason I've decided to work here, the reason I've decided to join this, this law firm is because it came from somebody I knew, somebody I trusted. Uh, why is this not happening more? Uh, and that was basically the genesis of this. And thankfully, uh, I decided, no offense to my old colleagues, uh, to get to get the hell out of there and uh, set this up. And my life has been significantly better since. <laughs> All right. So so who's your football team? Uh, I am a Chelsea fan. Okay. So, uh, Beatles or Rolling Stones? Uh, I'd go Rolling Stones. All right. Very good. Chad, read him the rules. All right, Sam. You are going to have two minutes to pitch real lengths. At the end of two minutes, you're going to hear the bell. Then Joel and I are going to hit you with rapid fire Q&A. If your answers start rambling, Joel's going to hit you with the crickets. That just means tighten up your game and move along. Move along, kids. That's right. At the end of Q&A, you are going to receive one of three grades. Number one, this is what you want to hear, the big applause. That's right. Get your bank account ready. The money's going to be rolling in. Make it rain, Sammy. That's right. Number two, the golf clap. Yeah, you can do better than that. You might you might be on the right road, <laughs> but you can do better than that. And last but not least, the firing Ouch. squad. That's right. Hit the bricks, close up shop, get the hell out of here, because more than likely, this is not the thing for you or anyone else. So Take your ass to the pub. That's firing squad. Are you ready, Sam? Ready. Two minutes starting... Employee referrals are a great hiring solution. They lead to a 39% better retention rate and candidates who are three to four times more likely to be hired, to name just a few referral stats. The problem is that generally companies struggle to get more than 10% of annual hires through referrals. That's where our employee referral platform, Reallinks, comes in. As you guys know, there are a few other players in the market, so I'm going to focus on what makes us different here. Our platform syncs with employees' connections on LinkedIn, email, and Facebook, matches them to live vacancies, and notifies HR teams and employees when a match has been made. Employees have huge networks, but it's too unmanageable and time-consuming to search through them each time a new vacancy comes up. Our platform makes it manageable and supports diversity in the process as candidate data such as name, ethnicity, nationality, and gender is anonymized in the HR view, removing any unconscious bias. Our referral methodology is another key differentiator. We use gamification and rewards, but we don't take a one-size-fits-all approach. Each company is different, so we run focus groups to understand employee motivations and customize the gamification to meet their needs. It might be a raffle, it might be a points-based leaderboard, but you don't know until you speak to the employees. This way, we're able to increase referral participation and longevity. We also boost participation by letting employees select whether a referral is a recommendation or an introduction. People generally only feel comfortable recommending four to five people as referrals, but we have big networks of contacts with relevant skills and experience. Introductions to those contacts are also valuable. Allowing employees to identify what sort of referral it is takes the stigma away from their needing to be recommendations and opens up the referral network. Addressing one of the other key reasons for low engagement, we keep employees updated during the referral journey. Employees no longer feel that their referrals end up in a black hole and there's no transparency. We're already working with a number of large organizations, including McKesson and Adeco. 
We might label the platform and do a two-way integration with ATSs for our clients. Find out more about us and our pilot offering at reallinks.io. Hello, look at that. He actually had the website address at the end of it. I, that's... <laughs> <laughs> I, I was listening to one of the other ones and I heard, uh, I heard Joel make that point. <laughs> so it also sounds like you've had about uh, three pots of coffee as well. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he got That's in like, a whole lot there in a short period of time. Kudos to that, Joel. Why don't you start it out for our for our for our yeah for our American speaking listeners? That could be a little tough for them. I just slow down the podcast. You can do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Half speed, folks. It'll uh, it'll sound great. All right. Um, I'm always interested at first in terms of sort of the name and and coming up with it. And, and the one thing that I I looked into was. So you guys are reallinks.io uh, and so reallinks.com is is for sale. I'm curious, did you did you sort of explore getting the .com? Were you married to the IO from the outset? What's up with that? Uh, yeah, being completely honest, uh, we had uh, reallinks.co.uk initially. That was the the site that we went with. Um, and uh, as we sort of scaled up, we got the investment. Um, we wanted to obviously be seen as more than just the UK. and uh, yeah, looked into it and .io just felt like uh, sort of more along along the lines of sort of a, a tech startup and where it was going. And, and that was just a decision that we made at that point. Sure. All the kids are doing it. Now, are you open <laughs> to exploring buying the .com at some point? We are. Okay. Yeah. Easy. Easy answer. And did you mention the investment in the opening? I didn't mention the uh, investment in the opening, though. I can talk you through that so, if you want. So mention it now. Yeah, sure. So... Um, we got uh, some pre-seed and then some seed investment uh, through a VC called Fuel Ventures, totaling sort of roughly 1.4 million, and uh, that's been it's been crucial. Uh, it's really helped us in terms of sort of scaling out the team, um, as as is often the way with a startup. You know, it was uh, Dan and me uh, in a in his basement um, for quite a few months with our MVP, and uh, you know we went out there and with our MVP we were able to sort of. Win, uh, win a couple of big clients, uh, including actually McKesson, who we've, we've kept, and uh, Norton Rose Fulbright. But it was very apparent to us that to get to where we needed to be, uh, the platform needed to be better. We needed to have the right infrastructure in place. So, uh, yeah, it's allowed us to you know, hire on the tech side, hire on the sales side, and hire on the marketing side. And uh, the platform that we have today uh, is a lot, lot better than uh, the, the platform that we had when we were working out of the, uh, the basement, which is great. Right on. So you talk, you talk about all this hiring. How many employees do you currently have? Yeah, uh, we've got uh, nine at the moment. Okay, so nine. You had me. You had me thinking it was like fifty or something with all this hiring you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Well. Well. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> yeah. Look. I mean. It, it, for, for, yes, on the face of it, it seems like that. But you know, when you're a startup and it's two people, actually going from two to like nine makes such a huge, huge difference. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I, I get, I get that. <laughs> okay, so so employee referrals, at least what we've seen here in the U.S., and I would assume that transcends across the pond. They already work. It's usually the number one or number two source of hire for many hiring companies today, right? So why do they need to change? It's it's already working. Why do I need to spend money on something that I'm not spending money on, but it's my either one or two source of hire? Why do I need to change? Well, I mean, I, I, would, I would contest it in a sense that I would say that generally you see the percentage of annual hires, um, you know, particularly across Europe and the UK, are being sort of under that 10% of annual hire mark. 
So actually, if when you factor that in, there is an enormous amount of growth opportunity there in terms of pushing that percentage up. You know, we believe a, bit, a good referral scheme, even without our product, should be up around the 15, 20%, 20% mark. We believe with our product, we can get up to sort of 30, 40%. And that's, that's where I really think that it's beneficial because um, I do, I slightly disagree in the sense that I do think that there a lot of companies have it as quite a low percentage of their any highs and it could be a lot higher. Sam, we met you at uh, Unleash in Paris. Uh, Bill Bill Borman introduced us, which I won't hold against you in the firing squad. No, I will. But, but uh, <laughs> I'm curious, uh, how, did, how did you fare at the Unleash competition? Uh, we weren't in it. So I, I basically, we uh, signed up for Unleash very late on. So we, we weren't, it wasn't possible for us to enter into the competition. But we are going back and we are going back to it this year and we will be entering. And you'll be in the competition this year. Okay. So this is a nice little primer yeah. for you guys headed to Paris yep. uh, next year. All right. So as I understand it, so I'm at a company, you connect to my social network and you you basically read my my social network's uh, skill set. So let's take LinkedIn, for example. So you know my LinkedIn connections. If there's a job in sales, you know everyone in, in my LinkedIn network that has sales in their profile and you alert me and say, hey, you know, here are 10 people that we think might be a good fit for this job. Do I understand that correctly? Yeah, that, that's essentially it. Yeah. So, it's, you know, for any of the jo- all of the jobs that say a, a particular company, so say, say, say it's McKesson, for example, um, particular job title goes into like our taxonomy of related job titles. Uh, same thing happens with all of our employees' contacts. They'll go into the same taxonomy where we are able to drop a match off the back of that. Uh, they will be shown as matches to you as the employee. Uh, it also allows the HR teams to sort of go into the platform and they're able to see where any of their contacts, any of their employees' contacts have been matched to jobs and actually prompt the employees to make a referral. So, you know, they're getting prompts from the uh, from the platform. But actually, if, if a HR person's like, I really want to see this candidate, they can send a referral request to the to the employee as well. Okay. So are you tapping into APIs to get that connection? Um, are you doing any scraping? Like how, what's the sort of the backbone of that? Yeah, so it, it's really important, um, particularly from a sort of a GDPR uh, perspective, that uh, the employees obviously consent uh, to to sharing their connections with the platform. Yep. So when it comes to sort of email with like Gmail, uh, Hot, Hotmail, etc., it's it's an easy sort of upload uh, via an API. There. When it comes to LinkedIn, um, essentially we're able we allow them to sort of download their connections and upload their connections into our platform via way of like uh, a CSV. Um, and we've sort of set up a nice sort of funnel for that to happen quite well in terms of the onboarding and the training piece that we do with clients. Wait a minute. All the employees have to do that by, I mean, from LinkedIn, LinkedIn profile, from LinkedIn profile. So if I have 300 employees, are you saying all 300 of them to do this the right way have to actually go through this process? Yeah. And it's part of the onboarding. So, you know, it's, it's, it's not that time consuming. Um, and it comes down to our customer success piece to nail nail this. Actually, you know, the guy that you referred to earlier, Bill Borman, uh, has been a big part of like us developing that customer success piece to essentially make it as easy as possible for the employees to do that quickly and easily and make sure that we have the right onboarding plan in place. The customer success piece when it comes to that is crucial. What's up, guys? I got a question for you. What happens when you bring the power of AI to programmatic advertising? Well, game-changing efficiency, of course. What does that mean to you? Improved conversion rates, reduced cost per application, and ultimately the one metric that we all know truly matters, reduced cost per hire. Sounds pretty good, right? Well, great news. This technology already exists. Introducing 
HireMaster.ai. HireMaster.ai is a data-driven model that analyzes a wide range of data sources. It considers factors such as candidate demographics, job type, industry, and historical performance data. It continuously monitors and optimizes your job advertising campaigns to adapt to changing market conditions and maximum results. HireMaster AI empowers recruiting teams to work more efficiently and effectively by automating certain tasks and providing valuable data-driven insights. Why not give it a shot today? Learn more and start your trial by visiting HireMaster.ai now. That's H-I-R-E-M-A-S-T-E-R. AI. So Chad touched a little bit about in terms of threats to the business. And I think relying on that um, is obviously a threat, right? So if, if LinkedIn changes how you're able to download contacts or able to access contacts, um, I assume that's obviously a threat to your business. Do you agree, disagree? And if agree, how are you uh, sort of managing that minefield? No, it's a fair question. So basically, when it comes to uh, the contacts that you've got, on LinkedIn, so say like you know your 300 contacts, I think you refer to. Um, you have a right because they're your contacts to download details of them, which is why LinkedIn has that thing where you can essentially download a CSV of your contacts. So they can restrict certain amounts of information, but they essentially still have to give you that right. LinkedIn have made it as difficult as, as I guess as hard as possible for people to essentially go through that process. Sure. Um, so which is why they don't do the APIs, but we're, we're pretty safe in the sense that they've done that piece and we've still made it work. I think. Um, I think. You know, one of a little while ago, uh, they were more open, and certain companies were reliant on the API piece, and they thought it would be a bigger issue than it is in terms of getting users to download and then upload. And it's actually interesting to see with the right onboarding plan, you can make that work. So then, how often do they have to download their contacts? Because obviously, people are adding them all the time, maybe de- deleting contacts sure. or profiles are updated. Like, how often do they have to do this? Yeah, so uh, it, it could depend on company preference. Like, so basically, we have it set up so. Uh, every every three months, uh, the employee will be sent a reminder to refresh their contacts, and they can refresh their contacts at any point on the dashboard of the platform as well. So it, when it comes down to the whole process, it really depends on how yep. LinkedIn plays the whack-a-mole game. We just had a, we just had a uh, a conversation with Sovereign, the the president of Sovereign, and they do parsing, uh, and they're talking about how LinkedIn just incrementally. They're making it so much harder for companies to be able to do what they do. And I could see them prospectively, maybe not shutting you off totally, but just keep you chasing the rabbit as far as you possibly can and making it harder for you to do business. Um, Have you seen them? How many changes have they made since your inception of the the organization? What's that span been? Our MVP didn't didn't have this piece of functionality. But since we've essentially built this piece of functionality, they haven't moved the needle in terms of the way in which people can download their connections. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, so obviously, you know, it's <laughs> spent quite a lot of time sort of researching this, making like doing the evaluation of it. Uh, they had made that decision to make it harder. But like my understanding and the advice we've had from a legal perspective is that they can't really go any further than this. So they have to, as like a base level, provide this to users of their platform because although they're the intermediary, you know, when you connect with somebody, it's your connection and they've chosen to share their data with you. Uh-huh. And subsequently, you you have the right to essentially pull that information, which means that we're relatively safe because they can't make it much harder. And we've actually, you know, found a workaround that is working and, you know, an onboarding plan that's getting getting employers to do it, even though it is a little bit more cumbersome than it once was. Yeah. Keyword workaround. Uh, my next question is, 
what is a bias free application? Does it on the website? What is what does that even mean? You know, I mentioned the HR view of the platform. Uh Essentially, for the HR view of the platform, when they go in and they're seeing employees connections, they're not seeing any personal identifiers. So they're not seeing uh, their ethnicity. They're they're literally just seeing their experience. So like where they work Mm -hmm. and their skills, etc. And the the whole point of that is essentially we're trying to make it so that the well, they're not influenced by things such as gender, nationality, ethnicity, name. So look, there is always an element of, you know, being completely transparent, a bit bit of bias in these things. I mean, the the, the very Uh very fact that you went to a certain university and that's being seen, it affects, right? It impacts. But so you can't be, you can't be, um, you know, it would be outrageous for me to say that we've removed that completely, but we have done a bit there to help uh, and ensure that it's uh, perhaps a bit better than than you see elsewhere. Gotcha. Okay. So in uh, employee referral programs, we're talking about actually trying to add a more diverse talent pipeline into the organization well employee referral programs have unintended bias already engineered into them when you're hiring friends of bob you tend to get a bunch of people who look and think like bob so why would i focus on this aspect of hiring instead of diversifying yeah bob sucks great great question um so you know when i was talking in my pitch um about sort of recommendations and introductions i was talking about how Referrals historically tend to fall into sort of this recommendation uh, bucket, uh-huh. and that tends to be your friends of Bob, as you as you put it. You know that four to five people who are like Bob, who go to the same pub as Bob, probably go on holiday with Bob, um, and you don't necessarily want more of those people. However, we tend to have quite vast and often diverse like larger networks on LinkedIn through people that we may have studied with, through people that we've uh, potentially worked with, et cetera. They tend to be a lot more diverse than just my friends. Historically, people haven't referred those people beyond the recommendation piece, which means the referrals as a, as a system aren't as sort of diverse mm-hmm. as they could be. By actually opening it up and getting people to sync their connections and doing the matching for them, i.e. looking at their bigger network and saying, hey, your uh, contact Jill who you never go on holiday with, you never go to the pub with, actually seems to have the right skills and experience. Don't worry if it's not a recommendation. Would you make an introduction? Is actually opening up the referral network. And, and I think it's moving it away from being just your friends of Bob cursed that mm-hmm. you know referrals have been seen as historically. Sam, it looks like most of the interactions with uh, opportunities and uh, uh, employees is via email. Uh, I'm curious, is that if, if that's correct, are you looking at adding SMS in the future, maybe a Slack integration, WhatsApp, et cetera? Tell me about that. Yeah, 100%. So um, as part, you know where I talked about the, again, I'll refer back to the referral methodology piece. Uh, one of the, uh, I couldn't squeeze any more into my pitch. So, uh, you know, that's why I can talk about that. <laughs> but, you know, one of the things that we're looking at alongside that is like what communication channels they use. You know, so you go into, we're dealing with a gaming company at the moment. And it's like, okay, when you guys are communicating like, and you guys receive notifications, do you want that by email? Do you want that by Slack? Or do you want that by, uh, you know, we're dealing with, uh, I won't say the name of the company, another company. And actually, for them, it made sense that they wanted their notifications by WhatsApp. So uh, in answer to your questions, uh, yes, it will always be sort of via email. But as soon as we learn that in the focus group, we will look to build an integration around whatever communication channel they want to be notified on. So we're actually about to start a pilot, which is all going to be done uh, via WhatsApp notifications. And curious, uh, because you guys are reliant so much on uh, LinkedIn, for example, does it sort of restrict, restrict you from using your product with, let's say, service industries like restaurants? 
uh, dry cleaning, uh, things mm. like that? People who don't necessarily have a LinkedIn profile. No. Yeah, re- really, uh, really good question. Um, it basically they, it reverts us back more to. Um, sort of like ver- version one of our platform actually and that that piece of functionality what i mean by that is so um the example i just gave you about the whatsapp uh sort of communication notification piece is really relevant here you might find you might go in and run this focus group and be like yeah we're not connected on uh on linkedin but we all have like facebook and whatsapp groups mm-hmm. so in that situation what you do is you're like okay well you're not being notified about any jobs here but we know you're connected on there so what we do in those instances is we encourage them to share on the networks that they're connected in. We don't do the matching piece for them as such, but we use our gamification functionality around like sort of rewarding them for the different things, uh, the different actions, should we say, um, and encouraging them to share and send to people on the networks that we know that they use and that we learn about in those focus groups. So um, it does work. Uh, we've seen it work. Um, it just requires a different approach, which again comes back to what I was saying right at the beginning, like, you know, when we set this platform, you know, this company up, we we're a little bit naive. We we're like, okay, well, you know, we just build it like this; it'll work for each company. We learn pretty quickly; it doesn't. So we we need to be we need to be able to customize and adapt in the to four companies like you're describing, uh, like you're describing there. You know, like McKesson, for example, uh-huh. a longer standing client. There's a big group of their employee base which is in in that boat. Well, let's get into the adoption piece because most of these platforms or these processes or these programs have not been adopted because they are a pain in the ass from an engagement standpoint point how do you get past that how do you get past not really having that kind of like gray area of can i or do i or how how hard is it to participate are you you mean in the initial sort of onboarding piece or just sort of the the, the life cycle all the way through it's yeah. onboarding as well as you know the adoption on the yeah. day-to-day absolutely yeah no it's so crucial so i guess and again it was it was you know credit to bill here but um actually sort of going back to these focus groups again is like a lot to do with how we get people on boarded so the rewards piece so like most most organizations that you go into will have a referral bonus and that referral bonus would be sort of paid six to nine months uh sort of down the line when somebody passes probation or when they're hired but it's, it's really far in the future and often most employees haven't been asked what they care about what rewards would motivate them so we go in we sort of speak to them about okay look we want to launch this obviously there's a bit of hassle in it in terms of getting you guys doing it it's sort of outside of your job remit in as a lot of you view. What, what would make you do this why would you do it and then they start speaking to us about the sorts of rewards that they want about the sorts of gamification they want so it might be like a uh, a weekend trip in paris so it's catered to them is what yeah. i'm hearing it's actually something that they want as opposed to something that the company thinks they want precisely but not only that, it's more immediate. So it's like rather than waiting six months, there, there'll be like a monthly raffle perhaps and you could win sort of a week weekend okay. trip. So it's making those those rewards more immediate and uh, acknowledging them for the different actions, including the onboarding piece. And when you're rewarding stuff with them with stuff they care about and you're making it more immediate, really helps mm. with that onboarding. Uh, but you have to learn what they want first. Yeah, it's like the mouse hitting the, the button for the sugar cube. Yeah. So what about from a business aspect, what are you doing from a partnership development, uh, channel development standpoint? Yeah, so we've... Um, Got on, well, we've got a few partnerships with ATSs already. Uh, we have one with uh, Aleo. Yeah, Taleo. Uh, yeah. Oleo. Oleo. Uh, o, 
uh, yeah, the other one. Yeah, Saba, we've gone into, uh, we're in the process of uh, in discussion with Cornerstone and we're, we're in the process of building out more as well uh, because it's, it's crucial from, it's for us to be partnered with all the main ATSs and... Uh, Connexa, yeah. iSIMs, people fluent, Workday. Absolutely, we're in discussion with... Yep, I see it on their website. Yeah, so it's it's crucial that we're, that we're uh, you know, partnered and doing it that way but that's not the only partnership sort of channel that we're looking at um we're in discussions with corn ferry at the moment and a few of the big hr consultancies uh because we see that as being a key way of sort of us scaling and uh, and being used as well nice what about pricing yeah so it all depends on the company size it's done on the basis of the number of employees that a an organization has uh-huh. So for smaller organizations, it starts at sort of four pounds per employee per month. But that scales sort of way down uh, when you're sort of talking about, I don't know, the likes of an Accenture's of this world. If you were talking a global Rolex, because obviously that would be astronomical. So we, we sort of tiered the pricing depending on you know how big the organization is. Okay. So is it like it's seeded almost to, to an extent? If you have... 100 versus 300, the pricing is going to, to vary. Do you have that siloed out? In, on the website for for people, how's how's that work? Yeah, it's not it's not on the website. Uh, we've talked. We, uh, the reason for that Ooh. is uh, <laughs> 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 um, anyway, we we make it as fake. We we are upfront with it as soon as possible in in the pipeline piece. I'm really intrigued by sort of the badge and the the data around you know the, the employees who are doing the most referring and uh, sort of creating a competition internally. Um, so less of a question, but just curiosity of how engaged are employees? Like, do they really give a shit about this stuff? Do you see anything that would indicate like, wow, they're really fucking geeked on this stuff or not? Yeah, like it all, again, it all comes down to the reward. We, we get, uh, if we go into a focus group and uh, like we come up with some killer ideas off the back of it, um, it's, it, is, it is really cool to see how, uh, how excited they can get, particularly around the raffle stuff, you know, when you're talking about like a monthly raffle and you make it you make it viable for everybody to, to actually sort of have a have a chance of winning you know you do a points based leader, leaderboard for six months for example uh within like a month uh you've got your like say five people at the front it's hard for everyone else to catch right it, it leads to a drop off you don't think you're going to do it it's like playing fantasy football whereas if you actually sort of do it on a more regular basis with a raffle sort of it, it gets really people gets it does get people excited it, it is it is cool to see but it was all about being the right reward um and something that they care about there we go. All right, Sam, that's the bell. And you know what that means. It's time to face the firing squad. Are you ready? Uh, I'm ready. <laughs> All right. Chad wants to go first. All right. So, Sam, I, I think, you know, we've talked about this and, and, and I think that you being able to feed off of more than just LinkedIn, obviously, is incredibly important. But you've got to remember, uh, once you start feeding off of uh, that morphine drip, uh, you become addicted and and LinkedIn could shut you off at any time or play the moving the uh, the the actual uh, goal for you, you know, or where you get the data or where you get the contacts. The keyword workaround is one of the things that you're going to have to really be diligent about with platforms like LinkedIn. Uh, not to mention the whole friends of Bob thing still within employee referrals is is a problem right but i i do agree a hundred percent we need better 
referral, uh, employee referral programs. We can do better from an engagement standpoint. We can do better from uh, a maximizing of the people that we know. I love the small immediate points of engagement and, and the gamification, which I think is awesome. And overall, to stop the friends of Bob problem, we need data to audit. And auditing will be the key to getting to an unbiased process. That's the only way we can do it. So for those reasons, and I think you're working through some some hurdles and some obstacles, you'll be able to. But for those reasons, I'm going to give you a big applause. All right. Way to go, Sam. Nice synopsis nice. there, Chad. Always intriguing as usual. Uh, all right. So it's... <laughs> It's my turn. Um, I got to admit, when I when I uh, heard about another referral solution, um, I couldn't help but sort of wax nostalgic and think about all the referral sites and solutions that have failed um, in the past. Uh, H3, Jobster, um, I could continue to name many. Uh, people have argued that, hey, well, social media will change the game. Mobile might change the game, how we communicate, et cetera. I tend to think that we're probably closer to the right time for a referral system um, than we are away from it. So I do think that the the time is probably right for a company like Real Links. I think you know the team is great. Uh, the the initial funding I think is going to get you through that first hump in terms of your development. I don't love the the sort of manual process that that employees have to go through. Uh, to get data. Um, I know also you had mentioned uh, that you look into email uh, email addresses of, of workers and try to create profiles through that way. So I think you'll 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 eventually work through some of that um, as well. Uh, I'd love to see you get the dot com at some point. I'd love to uh, see you you know become more global, get some more big companies um, sort of in the basket, which it sounds like you're working on. Um, unfortunately, I don't give big applauses for stuff that will happen or will will probably happen or could happen. But I definitely think that you're on the right track. I think you just need to continue to work hard and make some of these things happen. So by no means the guns, um, but for me... <laughs> you got some work to do, but you're, you've, you've come a good long way. Uh, we'll see you at Unleash. I hope you kick ass and uh, win that competition, just like JobSync, who we, we also recently had on the firing squad. But other than that, Sam, man, keep up the good fight and uh, good job. Awesome. Um, yeah, no, it's great. Thanks for having me on. Really, really enjoyed it. And uh, Chad, as we always do, man, we, we out. out. This has been The Firing Squad. Be sure to subscribe to the Chad and Chief podcast so you don't miss an episode. And if you're a startup who wants to face The Firing Squad, contact the boys at chadcheese.com today. That's www.chadcheese.com. Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary, yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you 
and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.